Mortal Kombat is looking more realistic and gruesome than ever, but where is the line for over-the-top violence, and is Mortal Kombat in danger of crossing it soon? Plus, we examine how punk is inspiring people to practice their fundamentals in Street Fighter V, how we should be tempering our expectations for SF5 announcements, why Samurai Showdown might encounter some trouble in recruiting new players, and we discuss how often fighting games should be updated here in modern times on this episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Perfect. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. I'm with you, as always, ready to go. Had two cups of coffee before we started, but I do have um, an unfortunate story to get started with. It has nothing to do with fighting games, although it may result in a fight. Uh -oh. uh, I live in Tucson, Arizona, as most of you know, which has probably the best Mexican food in the world next to Mexico itself. I live about 20 paces away from a Mexican restaurant that is basically the closest thing you can get to just home-style abuelitas cooking. It's a house that they converted into a Mexican restaurant. It's amazing. Got a breakfast burrito yesterday, ate half of it, was very much looking forward to having the other half this morning, woke up, shimmied out to the kitchen. It's not there. My girlfriend and I are officially in a fight, and she does not even know it yet. So oh. that's how I started my day. I'm ready to rip into some uh, to some fighting game news, man. Oh, man. We're going to tear some games apart today. That's pretty much what's going on. So, <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Was, you know, let me get into this. It's some characters we actually, you know, kind of have some issues with. And early tournament results right now are having me thinking that Rashid and Akuma are still too damn good. And, and let me get into this. Uh, we have our usage stats that we run, you know, pretty much with every major tournament. And Rashid and Bison were tied for first at, for usage at final round. Uh, Akuma was second place. Or, uh, yeah, Rashid and Bison. Then Akuma was second place at final round. Um, and then Akuma tied for first at FV Cup uh, X SEA Major. Uh, Rashid, you know, tied for third. They're getting a lot of usage here. We, we've had two CPT events, and we're seeing these characters show up, like, a lot. And... My thought here is like, look, these characters have already had their chance to shine and we've had a heavy, heavy helping of them over the years. We don't need to see them a bunch more. And there are two characters I'd like to see knocked down with a 0.5 change, um, you know, assuming we get a season 4.5 here uh, like we have every single year. Um, there are two characters I just I want to see knocked off of the very top of the totem pole. It's like, look, they've been up there before. We know they're damn good. They hurt the character variety of the game. They have oppressive matchups. These are just two characters we don't need to see up at the very top again. But but how do you feel? Okay, so your approach here raises a whole other conversation that immediately interests me. And that is that there's a revolving or a potentially revolving top tier or top of the cast sort of attitude that we might be that might be emerging in fighting games generally speaking right now because of the way that patches work and how the games are constantly being updated i feel like a lot of times in older games a, a character will be at the top and sometimes they will fall absolutely you think of old sagat and new sagat in in street fighter 2 but a lot of times they just kind of hang out there for the most part, at least some of them do. I mean, I've never sat and thought about it in terms of, okay, so-and-so has had their time at the top, it's time to shuffle things around a bit. I've always kind of imagined as, well, for the foreseeable future, this character is just going to be in the top, but that's a valid thing to at least have a conversation about. Should we be cycling through just to give the game a different look on the competitive scene in terms of who the absolute top tiers are? It's not, as far as I'm understanding what you're saying right now, it sounds like, Akuma has been there for a while. Kami had been there for a while. Okay, 
let's shuffle that up just because we don't want to keep seeing these characters used by, you know, as many people. We want to keep things fresh, which makes sense when you're trying to make your game something that people watch for entertainment. Yeah, and the thing is, is when people try out a character and they're having fun with that character, they will stick with them even if that character gets dropped down a bit. And we've seen that with Monat and Abigail. Sako is still playing Monat, so is Justin Wong. Uh, a bunch of other people are. I don't see very many people say, oh, she didn't get nerfed at all. Like her, you know, if you trigger one going to three bars is a significant nerf for that character. Uh, and Abigail, a lot of people think he's, you know, further down, but Storm Kubo and um, uh, it is then. They're still both playing him. Uh, cool Kid is still playing him. Uh, and they're doing okay with that character. And you just you take it from the those characters are just so prevalent and so common down to okay now they're still there but they're not a dominant force in the game you're seeing other characters come out like you know hey let's see something from a blanca or cody or sagat or whatever those other characters get more of a chance to shine and we get to see more of the depth and the variety that the game has to offer and i think that's a big deal it's like look uh, the changes i'm proposing aren't going to obliterate rashid and akuma players but they're going to knock them the hell down because look these guys are at very close to the very top of the totem pole here. Uh, they might be the number one and number two characters in the entire game. There's a case for Bison. There's a case for a few other characters. But look, Bison's never been the number one character. Uh, he's maybe been in the top five. That's you know very debatable. He's probably been at best maybe a top ten character. Um, but Rashida and Akuma have definitely been at the top of the tier list uh, on uh, a few seasons here. So let's get those characters out of there. Uh, and the way that I would do this is I'd start with Rashid and I would take the corner carry off of his uh, medium punch spinning mixer and reduce it heavily it is ridiculous how much corner carry this guy gets off of his bread and butter combo and again it's just it, it it's like balrog almost where he's carrying you all the way to the corner but with balrog at least he's spinning his v trigger to do that you know th this is rashid throwing out his his medium punch special and getting you almost all the way to the corner it's just stupid it's it's ridiculous with a character that has that good of corner lockdown to give him that amazing of an attack and, and again it's not like Rashid players are going to completely go away he's still one of the most as I just explained dominant characters in the game from a usage standpoint and from a just overall power standpoint knock this bastard down almost swore there I hate Rashid a lot <laughs> and, and again I've learned to play against him but it's just he, uh, he's too damn good yeah, I wouldn't be at all opposed to that happening. I've personally come to a place where I've been more or less accepting of what Street Fighter V tends to be and the characters that are good. And because I don't see anything that's like, like really breaking the game, I look at the things that I was upset with over the last couple of years back in Season 2, the start of Season 3, and I look at it now and I'm... I, I, no, it's not perfect, but I'll take what I can get as far as fighting the fight. I'm, I'm probably not going to die on any hills right now in terms of balance for the game. Um, I've already kind of put my time in for that, and I'm happy enough with where the game is now to, you know, not go, you know, bleeding heart and go in there for it. But, um, but I do, I mean, I wouldn't at all be upset to see Rashid further nerfed. I know Capcom has already spent some time um, giving him a few nerfs over the last year or two. And um, but but he remains to be I think a lot of the problems are just in his fundamental designs or, or the fundamental designs of a lot of his moves, just the way they position him and the way Street Fighter V is played. It all kind of just turns up in his favor most of the time. 
Um, uh, but I'm interested in hearing what you do to Akuma. Okay, so with Akuma, I would take his crouch heavy punch and change the startup uh, and increase that by two frames, making it a, a 12 frame startup uh, because that move is so good in the, the way of just kind of throwing it out and hoping for the best. And having more of a startup on it does increase the risk, uh, risk of it, I should say. Uh, 12, 12 frame startup is pretty significant. Uh, right now it's 10. That's pretty fast for a, a crouch heavy punch heavy. that has you know that much range. Yeah, and and so um, and then the next thing I would do is I re- would reduce the hit stun on all of his air fireballs, um, so he does not have all day to confirm, and he can't throw them at super odd angles and just oh it hit oh great oh here's a you know good combo for me oh it didn't hit oh great well you know it's it's perfectly fine and it pretty much just takes it from. Uh, a minimal to almost no risk kind of move and, and, and changes it to more of like you do have to think a little bit more instead of just like randomly throwing out air fireballs. And again, I know there's a bunch of, you know, AA counters to it, but some characters really struggle with Akuma and actually countering that on a uh, consistent basis. You know, with Monad, I've got a soul throw, right? I can do that and, and get around most everything you can do. A lot of characters do not have that luxury. And the way that his air fireballs can dominate a matchup, this would take them and they would still be good, but you're just dropping the hit stun on them by maybe like five frames that's that's significant man five frames a, a hit stun the fact you could take that away and you'd still be good um it, those are the two major changes i'd make for him again just akuma players when you can just live life by randomly doing stuff and be successful with it that's no dice i don't think that we're going to get a 0.5 update balance patch this year i think the odds of that are fairly low uh it, it could happen but i also think that if we're going it's been, what, almost a little over three years that we've seen this particular approach, uh, meaning like Street Fighter V has been out and we've had this more modern approach with much more in the way of DLC and game as a service, all that. But it, it's like Capcom has really only gone maybe halfway in as opposed to fully going into this and just constantly having updates. A lot of other um, games that just completely follow that model, MOBAs and whatnot, Overwatch, I think, stuff along those lines. It seems like they are getting um, just tweaks and updates along this line uh, a lot more often. Like every two weeks, we'll have like a balance patch with something or other in it, it seems. And I don't think that Capcom has embraced this. I think, I don't think all fighting games in general have embraced this, but some even more so. Uh, but I really do think that it's time that they jump in completely to this model and start doing things along this line, uh, along these lines which would make for what you're saying right now this kind of let's shave the top or or maybe just change things not because they're absolutely breaking the game but but because we could use a change of pace at the top of the mountain i think that that becomes more of a realistic goal and you do see more of a cycling through up there and and i do think that people consumers and maybe to a lesser extent but still more more of the competitors would appreciate this Hmm. but we're gonna have to see um i guess the answer is more regular support for these games and we're not quite there with most of the models that we're seeing right now so i I just want to double check here and you're you're saying to update these games like let's just say street fighter 5 itself how often would you like to see the game updated well, I, I don't have necessarily a flat-out answer in terms of this is exactly what it should be because I don't know right. quite yet. But I do. I can answer and say I think more 
than it has been. Mm. And and I'm not looking at Street Fighter V specifically right now. I'm starting to migrate to the future. Like, okay, we learned a lot. There's a lot of data that's been given. There have been some successive successes. There have been some failures with this game. What's going to happen? What's the approach going to be for you know whatever the next couple of titles are? Street Fighter VI and a new Marvel or whatever. And I, I'm hoping that they do things slightly differently. With Street Fighter V, like I kind of alluded to earlier, I'm pretty okay with where it's at. And and that hasn't really been the identity of the game or the uh, the relationship that Capcom has had with the game or with the community to update it that regularly. But I think that if they're going to go this direction, and they've obviously already started to do that with Street Fighter V, that they should go in further and support it like these other games are because that's what a lot of the general public is, is kind of asking for mm. and almost expecting now. And, and again, it would allow for things like what you're talking about here to let, you know, a character thrive at the top for a while, but not have it there so long. Because, I mean, again, it, this, is, this is something to be viewed, something to be watched. It's esports. You want to keep things fresh and exciting. And again, I just don't half-ass it. Do it or don't. And you've already started to do it, so go all the way. See, that's interesting because we, we had a lot of negative feedback about Mortal Kombat 9 when NRS was updating it. I don't even know how mm. often, but it was happening a lot. And players would go and practice. And, and literally, so what happened is, is they were updating it so much that the players came back to NRS and said, hey, guys, you're doing it way too much. We're practicing for tournaments. We're doing this. And, you know... Uh, some of the changes like weren't going through like if you were offline you had to have your you know system connected to get all the changes in uh, there were a bunch of problems with it and what basically happened is NRS said hey we're going to dial back off and we're tweaking stuff we understand the community the competitive community is getting very upset about this so we're not going to have that go anymore and, and so this goes back to the point of, of how often is too much in fighting games well and, that mm-hmm. would probably an indicator of that would be too much mm-hmm. so then you have well, maybe two bookends that you can kind of position yourself between. The old Street Fighter V maybe was a little bit too little. MKX was a little too much. Somewhere in between there. But you look at, and I can appreciate that. I don't want my character changing every 10 minutes and having to relearn combos. So you got to have some tact with your approach. Mm-hmm. You can't just go in willy-nilly and like, well, now you, this doesn't work and now this does. And there's a, here's a whole new move. You have to, first of all, do you know the best job you can right off the bat. But it... it what we're talking about here uh, with how we started this conversation with Akuma and Rashid, it's not so much these characters, I, I feel, are breaking the game. Right. And oftentimes the conversation about balance in, in previous years all up until this point has been more so about characters making the game not very fun and, and to a degree that's like we need a balance patch. Balance patch has been more along the lines of like an emergency, huge change, big deal. But now we're talking about it more in terms of we're just kind of tired of seeing these guys at the top. If that's indeed how we're looking at it, then you need more regular support, not because you're breaking the game and it's an emergency service, but because you want to keep things fresh. Hmm. Um, and, and again, I, am, I don't have all the answers. This is me coming from you know, the third-party perspective and saying, it looks like this is what's emerging. I do not envy the, the balance you know, the, the development companies that would have to kind of undertake this because fighting games, you know, we compare them to... Uh, MOBAs just because of the model that we're talking about right now, they're a lot more sophisticated in how much you're juggling at one time. You're not just worried about Q, W, you know, um, and your R and, and, and such. You're, you're worried about a whole bunch of intricate things, and you've traditionally been worried about on, on, on a much more strict frame rate that, that needs to be upheld. So it's not apples to apples. I get that. 
And I'm not saying that fighting games need to be updated as frequently as a lot of other different genres are seeing it today. But I think that we have to entertain the idea that we need to get closer to that model if we're going to survive down the path that we've already started down with all this DLC and constant modification. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I don't know what the, the happy medium there would be for fighting games because I agree that you can't go, you know, how other games update and, and update like every couple of weeks or whatever with balance changes. You can't do that. You have to give these games room to breathe. You know, so what would the model be? And right now what's jumping out to me is quarterly, which would be four times a year. Um, right now, obviously, with Street Fighter V, we have two a year, pretty much. Um, you know, we have bug you know, fixes and other stuff that come in there, but that doesn't really usually alter the balance very much. Uh, so you have one major patch every single year, which I like. Uh, and then, like, some spinoff patches would be very interesting. It's what we have with the .5 updates, where they sometimes will, will alter the balance of the games, but usually not a considerable amount. It will it will maybe move, you know, characters in the tiers, like, two to three to four positions, where the once-a-year update, like, you could see someone go from bottom tier to top tier. Like, and mm. I think that model is pretty successful for fighting games. It's, it's generally, hey, you're going to have to wait a season for your character to get, you know, really good if they're bad, right? But you can get some quality of life buffs and, and improve stuff. And that's interesting. I, I would, I would not mind seeing maybe quarterly updates or maybe instead of two times a year, like three times a year. Um, that would be, that would be an interesting kind of approach that I'd never really considered. Well, when Street Fighter was just five was just coming out, I think it was Dahlgren or it doesn't matter who it was, but Capcom said, we're just updating this once a year. That's our approach. Balance wise, we're going to get one big patch a year. That didn't work for them. And that's what Dragon Ball Fighters is approaching with right now. They're saying we're going to do this one big patch for 2019 and that's it. Uh, hopefully that turns out for them. But it's seeming as though that, I mean, it's, it's a trial and error thing, but that approach really didn't work for Capcom. They were forced to go back on their word just out of necessity to, to keep the game balanced enough and fresh enough and for whatever reasons you know we're, we're specific to street fighter 5 but you're seeing there's there's at least one bookend once a year doesn't seem like it's enough at least it wasn't for five but maybe it's it, probably not every two weeks but maybe once a month you know with uh with character updates we are getting little ninja edits and that might be more in the vein of what we should be seeing or maybe when you you know you get a big balance patch change and everybody gets you know five to fifteen different changes maybe it's just one little change like what you're talking about maybe Rashid's tornado just doesn't get as much corner carry in in one balance patch and like that's that was a change and then uh, you know they did something with Akuma just to tweak him down a little bit and and the movements that are made are so much more minute that it doesn't just shake the foundations of the game and it's not this major shuffling it's a much more slow you know glacial pace that the game changes at and then that way the the ripple effects of these changes aren't so so vast and there's not so many happening at once that maybe this would be a more efficient approach and who knows maybe that's a terrible idea but the fighting game community and the fighting game development community has to go down this path and figure out just that right tempo and rhythm of, of balancing for their game. It's probably not the same for every game. Um, but it's something that's going to be emerging in the coming years because things have changed in video game world and, and we're part of that. So you, you have to get with the times. And I'm, I'm sure we will. It's just a matter of how long does it take to get there. Yeah, that's very interesting. There's a... There's a big history with fighting games of this is how we do things. And when you deviate too far from that formula, you you walk on the razor's edge, right? You can go way too far. Mm. You can get stuff like Street Fighter Cross Tekken in the gym system where, hey, we're going to try something brand new, you know, like totally go for this and all that. And then 
it doesn't go very well. Uh, but then you also get stuff like, you know, the super mechanic in Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. A lot of people hated that. Um, supers have become a bread and butter part of pretty much every fighting game now. Uh, and then, you know, some kind of meter based attack, right? You like you usually have two of them in, in most modern fighting games. Uh, one of them happens mm-hmm. to be a comeback mechanic uh, very often now. Uh, and people are still divided about those. Some people just like hate comeback mechanics. That was was what the super was anyway. You know, initially it was a you know big comeback mechanic. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's so people are generally okay in fighting games if you introduce enough new mechanics but keep the core gameplay intact and i remember the uh, mortal kombat 11 development you know squad talking about this at a panel recently and they were saying we want to introduce enough new fresh things but still keep it like as a mortal kombat and overall feeling and approach and, and they sure. said that's really hard to do we because you need the game to be fresh you don't want it to be mortal kombat 10 or mortal kombat 9 again we've, we've had those games we've played them we need something new but we also can't say hey You've loved Mortal Kombat. Well, here's like, you know, a, a game that doesn't even really resemble that anymore, but it has a Mortal Kombat name. Are you going to be happy? No, that's going to piss everyone off. You can't do that. So it's it's an interesting thing. It's it, you. It's a really tough line to to, to toe and not go over. And, and I don't envy the people that, you know, that work. But I my, my thought would be, you know, again, just increase it. Like we're doing two, increase it to three, maybe four a year right now. Um, but keep the same basic structure because I think overall it's worked for Street Fighter V, but maybe some characters like Manat, Abigail, Rashid, Akuma, um, they've gotten, they've been too powerful. Guile would be another one for too long. And they probably should have gotten knocked down a little earlier in the game's lifespan versus when it did happen. Um, but it's not a massive of correction in my opinion so i love the idea of when guile was at his peak especially last season what if they just at some point just did the single change of slowing down his his light or speeding up his light sonic boom so he couldn't use it quite so much as a trap just that little change and see what that does to guile Mm -hmm. is it going to knock him down from top probably not maybe it does and go oh well maybe we went a little bit too far but it's not that plus three other changes that nerf him plus the entire rest of the roster is getting changed it's like it's so hard to kind of get an idea of uh, you know on, on a more fundamental and basic level of where these characters are at and what What's making them so dang good and, and where you could tweak things to get it just right. At the same time, I can appreciate that they probably don't have as many people and man hours to, to put towards these kinds of things and however long that would take to be more regularly updating even just small things one at a time um, compared to, you know, Blizzard or whomever that, that just probably has a lot more in the way of, uh, of manpower for this kind of stuff. So, uh, I mean, you work with what you have. I don't expect perfection. It's just something to talk about and something to look forward to. Yeah, I'll throw out there the other caveat of you do have to give this stuff time to breathe. And I remember with Abigail's V Trigger Two, I thought that stupid thing was broken when I first played it. Again. A lot, of, a lot of people did too. Um, you know, he charges at you; it's unblockable, and there was a really simple solution staring at you in the face, and that was jump over it, jump towards him. Uh, don't jump back. If you jump back, you'll go right into it and you'll die. Um, and everyone's got a simple counter for it: jump. You know, jump forward, and uh, if you've got a DP, I think you can get around it that way too, right? Um, but mm. uh, there. Was was a, a very nice solution and if you if you have a knee-jerk reaction you tweak something like that that probably shouldn't have been tweaked and was just fine because it, it's held up to this very day and it's a viable move it's good um it, you you might tweak something like that if you go too quickly so there's there's a really very good balance true. point there but very interesting so moving right along here uh we've got new footage of samurai showdown and people are, are saying the gameplay might be a little bit too slow but you've been reading into this what are you seeing 
So I don't have much in the way of history with Samurai Showdown, so I'm for all intents and purposes pretty much a pair of fresh eyes when it comes to this franchise. I saw it around, I don't think I ever played it, and if I do I don't remember. So this is my first kind of look at the series, and first off the game looks beautiful, it's intriguing, I really like the visual appearance of it. I, I personally really appreciate the fact that it is slow, in that it's very methodical and and... A lot of the games we've been seeing, Street Fighter has been so much about just like maul your opponent offense. Um, Dragon Ball Fighters is of course very fast paced and you expect that from like a, a versus kind of title. Um, we've had Marvel in recent years. Uh, uh, the Injustice and Mortal Kombat, I guess the NRS games have been very much offense based. And this game looks more like, I liken it closer to that game Footsies by, by High Fight, you know, where you're just kind of spaced away from each other, waiting for your opponent to make a wrong move, and it's very much a thinking person's game. At least this is my initial impression from watching a little bit of footage and, and seeing the game in action, and probably not with the, the toppest tier of players. It's probably developers that are just doing little things here and there. And um, But to me, the red flag that goes up is not that is this a poorly made game or is this an, an issue in and of itself, but is it, it's more of a in the current pace and the current atmosphere that fighting games are at, will this have a chance to thrive or are people just too into I want fast and now and, and, and way over the top? And this game where people are playing footsies for, you know, a good 10 seconds and then one person gets a single hit. There's some cool little blood going on and then it resets. I think that there are a lot of people that aren't going to appreciate that. And and then so the, the result might be is that you have like your core fighting game base or your, your core fan base of the game that does play it. But it ends up pretty quickly becoming a side game that's put out in the hall. Um, or at the very worst, it doesn't get a chance to thrive at all because just not enough people come to play it. That's a very early reaction and might be completely off the mark, but that was the first thing I thought in watching it is that other people might not be too into giving this enough time to really appreciate it. Yeah, so I, I played the original Samurai Showdown uh, 1 and 2, and I played like 5 a bit and a few of the other ones in the series, and, and 3 for that matter. I think I, I took a break with 4. Um, but anyway, uh, when I first heard that the gameplay was slow and it was problematic, I'm like, no way. I'm like, there's, there's, you guys are just like, whatever. Uh, and then I went and looked at the footage, and, and it what it reminds me of is actually uh, the Street Fighter 4 footage like from the, the beta period of the game, where you you know characters would go to jump and they were very floaty. Uh, moves had like an awkward amount of animation and other things like that. Um, um, I think that there's still a good chance for a number of things to be tweaked in the game. Like I can see one, the developer complain about it. As you said that I don't think the players playing this are, are very um, proficient with the game just yet. I think they're kind of messing around and trying different things. Um, I don't think that, you know, well on, on that front, um, I was talking to Donka yesterday on best of five about it and he had a few things to say. And apparently Long Island, Long Island Joe got some time with it. He got to play for like half an hour at some kind of an event or something. And then he played with some of the developers and they said that he was by far the best competition or the strongest example of competition mm -hmm. that they had seen yet. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm sure Joe is just fine at it, but just like half an hour with the game Long Island Joe and that's impressing your developers. It's like, okay, so we're not really seeing what this game is going to be once it's out and people have had their hands on it for more than... 35 minutes you know mm -hmm. and 
and what fighting game players can come up with in these games. So I, we don't necessarily have a very accurate picture of it. But he also brought up that in a previous title, there was an SBO, or it was at an SBO, and in the grand finals, there was it was famous because it went like 90 seconds where neither player attacked the other <laughs> one because there was a combo that if you hit them with, you could actually be punished. And so it was just a, it's like 90 seconds of footsies, which is incredibly entertaining for a lot of people that know what's going on. But again, you get back to, well, if that's how the game is played, you're not going to get very many new people coming in. And in an era where you're trying to make these watchable esports type games, if that's what you're going for, you're probably not going to get there with what we have in front of us right now. Yeah, it's the sword based combat, you know, really can't be understated in that it's very different um, how this game works, like the punishing and all that kind of stuff. And, and the, the footsies aspect of it is really dialed up. Um, but it, that leads itself to not taking a lot of risk and, and not having, you know, because I mean, you could just die right then and there, right? As you mentioned. Um, and that was what these games were kind of notorious for. Uh, it's it could definitely be a problem like I, i'm looking at it but i also see that how it could be tweaked by the developers like you know uh, how amaro is doing his dragon punch and he like floats in the air for a good like second right and i mean that's a long time to be floating you know coming down from a dragon punch essentially uh, they could speed that up with ease and still the punish window would be just fine with that uh, there's a lot of animations that could be tweaked to speed up the game and make it better um but it's, it's a bit concerning. I have to say that. It's a bit concerning. And, and I wonder if that was a design choice that they made, again, because of the weapon-based combat. This is not a traditional fighting game. Uh, there's not too many fighting games out there that use weapon-based uh, approaches like this that are 2D. Uh, obviously, we have Soul Calibur, but again, uh, a 2D, 3D, very different in, in gameplay. So that's kind of what I see going on so far. Uh, crossing my fingers and hoping this is great because I do love Samurai Showdown. It's one of my favorite fighting game franchises uh, and very much looking forward to this one. But uh, definitely see cause for concern. All right, moving up next, we have a discussion that kind of came up uh, with our team about Mortal Kombat and the fatalities potentially being too much of a turnoff now with how realistic graphics have gotten and kind of like the very over-the-top approach now that, that NetherRealm Studios is taking. And this is something that you did on the website. You launched a poll with it. And, and last I look here, uh, 34% of our readers, which is not substantial, um, they said that uh, the fatalities were, were too much. Um, and, and they just were kind of turned off from them all, you know, all around. And then again, 66% said they were good with them. Hey, they're fine as is. But but what are you seeing right now? So, okay, I, I should start this <laughs> with I personally feel like it's not too much. When I see a Mortal Kombat 11 fatality, I one very much look forward to seeing the creativity that the developers came up with when when developing it. And then also... It's, it's usually more comedy. When it gets over the top, for me, it's just slapstick. And it's not very hard to see that that's what... Ed Boon has put that kind of trademark personality on these games. They've always been never... They've never been one to shy away from jokes or references. Noob Cybot was just them, you know, turning their own names around and putting it onto a character. The, the attitude towards Mortal Kombat in general has always been fairly lighthearted with fairly intense... Um, content behind it but in Mortal Kombat X when when that game was coming out we were posting of course like well a big part of it is what do the fatalities look like and those would sometimes come out just to be hype ups before characters were fully you know revealed or released and whatever and um, I remember talking about it I think with one of the staff members uh, Ryan from back in the day who's 
he said, yeah, I can't even watch those. I don't I don't like Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. because of that. And I had never heard that before. I'd always heard, you know. Yeah, um, I just want to jump in and say that that this game actually grosses me out a bit, too. Um, sometimes it's not all the time, but sometimes like, ah, damn, like, really? And, and I think that's, you know, been something the developers have said that they want to make people wince and kind of like, you know, have their stomach do a flip flop. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they absolutely do. Right. But I'm, I'm seeing more people just in social media. This isn't everybody. And it's not even the majority but the fact is i'm seeing more people say yeah i i don't know about that fatality it's just a bit too much or they're talking about the the bone breaking x-ray type moves the the final blows and and or, um critical hits and, and such where you see i mean players are just absolutely or the characters are just absolutely murdered in these sequences mm-hmm. you know they have a blade scythe go through someone's head or they're in you know broken back and something and then they just get up and that's a little bit jarring and then uh, i guess its own argument that it's like that's weird that they just get up and fight again after that but it's starting to it's starting to distract and maybe not the best way. And so even though I personally am am not at the point where I think there's an issue, it sounds like the conversation in general is starting to get to, this might be a bit much. And if that's the case, well, hey, let's talk about it for a little while because Mortal Kombat has fatalities and gore and violence baked into its identity. Can you imagine a Mortal Kombat title that didn't have fatalities or that had super watered down fatalities? You were saying earlier, there's expectations for these things. And if you don't have that, like people are going to have a way bigger problem than anything we're seeing right now. To me, it's like removing the block button. Taking out fatalities from Mortal Kombat is is taking the block button out. It's just that's a huge part of the game's identity. Sure. At that point, you're just playing injustice, yes. right? So, <laughs> um, but so, so it's like, you can't do that, but Mortal Kombat finds itself in an interesting place. I should say NRS does where they have to continue to push the envelope because they almost always have. And in fatalities is one of the places where they very specifically and obviously do that. But you're also in an era where you're trying to make your game as uh, watchable as possible and Mortal Kombat might be the most beautiful fighting game I think I've ever Mm -hmm. seen to date like it just it looks so dang good and the detail is so there and you want people watching your your game as much as you want them playing it but where is the line where this is too much and it turns people off and you're starting to turn people away now you're always going to with this like just Mortal Kombat's not going to have as much of an opportunity because of the violence the violent nature sure but there's a certain amount of like, well, you need to kind of cut your losses in that avenue. So so they have to balance pushing the envelope with fatalities and then also making their game as watchable to as many people as possible. And that's getting interesting right now in this in this era of esports. And just to weigh in for myself personally, I have young kids around. Uh, that's going to keep me from playing Mortal Kombat as a main title for that fact alone. That's something I don't want my young kids to see. Uh, it's just it's way too much for their young minds. It's like, ugh, no, you, you can't have that around them. And, and, you know, that's anyone with, you know, young family members or other things. It's like, well, look, now we have to isolate ourselves when we play this game and, and we have to, you know, go through hoops to play it. And that's one of the you know big trade offs of it. But again, it goes back to me that this is the expectation for fans. Uh, you can't take it out of the game. And so that means dialing it back. Uh, and even that's going to be a turnoff for some people. And I I don't know where that line is drawn. Um, NRS games sell really well. Uh, I have a hefty amount of respect for the NRS team, uh, what they've done, how they've revitalized their entire franchise since Mortal Kombat 9. Uh, they launched, you know, Injustice. They're very, very, very good fighting game developers. Um, and I, I think they're doing a lot of stuff right. But I think this bears being spoken about because, look, this is it's designed to be provocative, right? It's designed to get people's attention. And we're on the eve of, of, you know, a giant fighting game launch here with Mortal Kombat 11. 
how much are they alienating people they maybe could bring in if they tone stuff back, you know, or, or like had some other options, or maybe there's some other approaches here uh, of, um, of stuff they could do. I don't know, maybe turning off fatalities. But again, it's like, that's not Mortal Kombat then at that point, right? It's just, it's a, it's a tough spot to yeah. be in. And, and I go, okay, so here's Mortal Kombat 11. This is starting to push, people are saying, like, I don't like to watch the fatalities more than they ever have been. And again, even just going by our poll, and I think that's fairly accurate compared to what I've been seeing on social media and in general, you know, the majority are still just fine with it, even if it makes them turn away a little bit. I think Majin Ten Shinhan said something to the effect of like, yeah, oh, I, tur- I, I wince and I go Ugh, every time, but that's part of the yes. fun. And it absolutely is. But okay, so we're at this level. Where do you go with your next installment in a few years if, if something else comes up? You know, like, do you continue to up the ante? Um, and another part of that, like the evolution of fatalities that kind of came up in my head while I was writing this article and thinking on this subject, I remember seeing um, Kung Lao's fatality in Mortal Kombat 2, where he takes off his hat, and this is 16-bit graphics. Um, this one was the most impressive and, and impressed upon me the most. He takes off his hat, and he, he slices you down the middle long ways, and then your character that's being attacked falls on their knees, looking at the camera, and then falls perfectly in half um, to the left and to the right. And Kung Lao stands there and you can, I mean, it it was pretty gnarly. It was more so than just someone's head exploding. And it's funny that I can say it was worse than someone's head just exploding, but it was. Um, But a lot of that being 16-bit graphics was more like, oh, that was crazy to watch. But then in the time it takes between the ending of that sequence and the next fight that pops up, what do you do? Well, you think about that fatality as it's captured your focus and you think about what that would look like in real life. And you have something out of like a hostile movie kind of pop into your brain, right? And that's a big part of what fatalities kind of were, the, the, the experience. Now, nothing is left to the imagination. That's not necessarily a bad thing because that's what you expect with all of this you know, this technology to to portray these things in the way you do. But that's not really the thing anymore. And so now they have to just show all of that that your brain was supposed to come up with with these old fatalities. That was more of just like flicking the first domino and letting your brain go with the rest of it. Now they have to do the entire picture and they're doing it. But there's something about the difference between letting your brain fill in the holes and then just actually putting it in front of someone that I think they're going to start to run into barriers with. Yeah. And again, a non-enviable position for them to be in. So, I, And I think that's a barrier they're starting to run into now. Like the graphics have gotten so good where it's like, oh, like this is starting to look pretty damn realistic. Um, and I think that, that, you know, we're seeing with horror movies and other things, it's harder and harder to shock people, right? You look at like a, the Dracula yeah. movie for with Bella the Ghost like back in the 1930s and that was, you know, shocking and, and you know, provocative and you watch it now and you might fall asleep, right? Uh, it, it's, I yes. mean... It, things have really changed and with the technology as you mentioned and it's you know going into the gore porn part of things right now where it's just you've got to hit people like up down left right to, to just shock them and that's what we're seeing and and at some point again i think you you start turning off more and more people but maybe you attract more people too because it's like oh here's finally something you know in 2019 that's going to shock me i've, I've seen all this other crap like i need something that's just going to you know blow my brains out basically so um <laughs> well the times they are changing right and, and maybe they have very similar conversations to this when they were just you know showing just a little bit of gore or sexually speaking when they just show a little bit of leg 
and we're like people are going to lose their minds you know when when rock and roll started to become what it became you know evolved out of you know certain eras and maybe we're just doing that same thing over again and we have no idea that it's just the the same old song and dance but an interesting thing to have a conversation about yeah I, I, one thing i'll throw out there too i i want to acknowledge personally that we do realize that there's definitely a level of humor and over the top nature to these things where it's just there's no way that's realistic right it's that's one of the ways that that mortal kombat kind of helps to distance itself from this is there's an emotional toll this this stuff takes on you and having humor injected into it you know it's like the three stooges poking each other in the eyes like that's terrible like you do not want to get poked in the eye you know i mean that's that's awful but they would do it and there's so much humor to it like people are like oh whatever it's just a joke right that's that's one of the ways that you know um uh nether realm is able to reduce some of the stress here of what they put on people by adding that in and, and i think that's something they can continue to explore but man it's it's when, when the graphics are completely photorealistic and it looks like an actual person up there completely uh and you're having a, a, a difficult time differentiating that between a real person and not um i don't know i don't know like how this is going to hold up at that point in time yeah i can definitely contrast it immediately in my life right now i was playing the um the stress test the other night well back when it was was live and showing my girlfriend Brittany, or well my ex-girlfriend i should say because she ate my burrito but back then we were dating and uh showing her these fatalities and she was like oh i don't want to watch it after i was like no watch this last one no i'm not watching anymore this is too much and i was like okay so her reaction is one thing mine is a total other i think these are fun and i'll play the game just to see their fatalities if nothing else we're simultaneously have been watching the show on netflix love death and robots which i do recommend but it's also very tvma <laughs> and um one episode in particular uh episode 11 helping hand i watched that and it, it's something that's there, there's some uh basically some gore some violence in that that is compared to mortal Kombat, it's nothing it's like a like that probably happens in a single x-ray move or a throw but watching it in this particular context it was a completely different angle um emotional angle that i was you know kind of processing this through and i could barely continue to watch it and it was just one quick thing it was a you know a two out of ten if mortal Kombat 11 is a 10 and yet my reaction to it was profoundly different and so yes it is the angle that you're digesting this or, or filtering this all through um, very much. Well, um, keeping on the World Combat 11 subject here, uh, we had a bunch of new characters announced, and that was Kung Lao, uh, Noob Saibot, and then Shang Tsung, Liu Kang, and Jax. And I yes. was personally about as excited as can be uh, to see Shang Tsung back. Uh, and it is uh, the actor who played him in the original Mortal Kombat movie doing the voice work for him. And that's a uh, carry to yeah. and, and I mean, it's I, I think like about once a month, we'll probably link up like a Mortal Kombat gif or quote or something like that from the first movie uh, that he started. And it's just like he's such an iconic character. It's so amazing to see him back. Like I, I'm I'm thrilled about that alone. And like I almost want to like go back to the game and play him uh, just to see if he plays anything like the Mortal Kombat 2 version of him, which I love. Loved. Um, and, and just have fun, like, and mess around with the character for a bit. Uh, man, he's the I- iconic, but but yeah. Yeah, an absolute home run here from NetherRealm Studios to get this guy and to have him, like, it's just another of many cherries on top, as far as I'm concerned. You know, like, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 has a lot of good PR uh, since it kind of started, and they've been doing things more or less the right way. There have been some leaks and some this's or that's, but really, like the fans, they, they have a good relationship with fans right now. And this, for those of us that grew up watching that movie and loving, that was my favorite movie. I remember seeing the preview for it when uh, I first saw Dumb and Dumber, which was my other favorite movie. And, um, and man, just the idea that they were turning Mortal Kombat into a movie, which was my favorite 
franchise at the time, probably because I wasn't really allowed to play it. It's that forbidden fruit. But yeah, uh, and, and Kerry Tagawa, he has this scene at the very beginning where his face melts off when he, when he takes someone's soul. And that terrified mm. me. As much as I love the movie, um, my mom, I, I saw that in a promo for it, and uh, I was too afraid, so my mom had to watch through. This was on VHS, and she actually went in and edited that bit out oh. by like recording whatever was on TV for like two seconds during that. So every single time when I watched that movie, and I watched it a lot, during that, that scene right at the beginning, it would cut to like a two or three second clip of Nickelodeon's guts, and then it would come back to uh, Liu Kang waking up from his bad dream. But yes, I, I, I remember this face very well. It both haunted and, and was you know part of my childhood, and it's very exciting. I'm sure that a lot of the people that are going to be playing this game have that same kind of a relationship with, uh, with Mortal Kombat and maybe even with this you know, actor. So it's really cool that they're doing this kind of stuff. It's making, you know, everybody's everybody's getting goosebumps, getting ready to play this game. Uh, we didn't even get to see gameplay of Shang Tsung, who's going to be the first DLC character, I guess, outside of Shao Kahn. Um, but he's also the keeper of the crypt, not to be confused with the crypt keeper. Um, and, and so that's, that's a cool thing. He's very much the Shang Tsung of like, Welcome to my island, the uh, kind of like Dracula, mm-hmm. you know, where he welcomes yeah. you yeah, in yeah, with yeah. this very this this sense of um, this like false sense of like security and and kindness, and he's like he's the most gracious of hosts, but he's also about to steal your soul in the night. Right. Just a wonderful presence, um, and that's just one of the characters that were revealed. I want to go back to this, like think about his performance when he does some Mortal Kombat. He's a serious actor. He's a very good actor. Uh, he's been in a bunch of movies, and and the he balls. Was, he was also in the. Um, the oh my gosh, what's it called with Billy Zane? It was a superhero movie and the Phantom. The Phantom. He yeah. was in the Phantom with Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> he the balls it took to to do his performance, which is so over the top and so like Liu Kang. I have looked into your soul. <laughs> you will die. And it's just like what? Who talks and you like buy that? One hundred percent because he's Shang yeah. freaking song. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I mean, dude, dude, he was so gutsy, and that, that performance became so iconic, right? Like that was that was just like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it all out there. I'm gonna do the best I can. I'm gonna have like fun with this. And I mean, it just it's held up so well. Yeah, it's cheesy, but it fits the the whole mood of the movie. Like, imagine Shang Tsung is like an actor trying to take that role too seriously, right? Or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's just no, he needed to be over the top he needed to be like this this freaking ham sandwich basically you know just like playing it up for the camera every minute that he's on screen like that's great in the movie he needed that so bad and, and and again it's just he's back um i love it yeah like about as like thrilled as possible so yeah and then um so then we also got kung lao and Liu kang we've seen them in the story trailers but they haven't been officially revealed uh, Liu Kang was one of the very first uh, possible leaks back just right after the game was announced. One of the, uh, I think it was like a German site, a GameSpot, German GameSpot site, maybe something along those lines, um, revealed him or, or some content about him. But we weren't sure until now. And we haven't seen any footage of Shang, Liu, um, Kung Lao, or Jax yet. Just what they've kind of looked like in the uh, the story trailers. Jax looks really cool. Um, everyone seems to have an old and young version of themselves, or most people, and that's part of the game's story with all these bending of timelines. So there's like two versions of Jax we've seen, and that of course really plays into the whole variation system uh, quite nicely. So uh, another thumbs up to NRS for getting kind of two birds with one stone there. Um, there's also like the Revenant or Undead and Evil versions of both Liu Kang and Kung Lao, so that might be the, uh, the equivalent of Young and Old. 
Uh, I'm not sure, but all those characters, people are happy to have them back. They're they're very much staples, and I don't think Jax was in MKX, and people really wanted him to be. He was a revenant, and um, and he was one of those characters that people were really hoping for, like Rain and I guess Sindel, but I don't I don't really buy the Sindel thing. Um, but the character that we got to see was Noob Cybot. And um, he's one of those characters that, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat famous for just having a bunch of palette swap ninjas to begin with. And over the years, they've had to kind of send most of those ninjas off on their own kind of tangents to become characters unique from everybody else. I remember Mortal Kombat 2, I was watching Friendship compilation and uh, <laughs> Sub-Zero, Reptile, and uh, Scorpion all had the exact same like friendship and a lot of the exact same animations and such. And it was like, man, you guys just changed a little bit about them. But nowadays, they're just completely different characters in almost every single way. And Noob Cybot's like this undead wraith, kind of Grim Reaper-esque, somewhat reminiscent of of sort of like what Scarecrow looked like in Injustice uh, 2. But he seems to be something of a of a of a, like a mid range zoning kind of character where he's got a little bit more range than everybody else, so he's a threat maybe just outside of everyone else's poke range. Probably doesn't want you up in his face, but if you extend too far or you're too predictable about how you want to get up into his uh, into your comfort zone and into his like danger zone, um, then he's gonna punish you really hard with some pretty awesome moves. He's using Cybot, which is the name of his clone that comes out and um, and can and hit you. And he's got like uh, some teleport or portals, I should say, that he can throw you through like six portals before letting you hit the ground, so you get a good bit of momentum. Uh, moves like that that are really cool. He continues the trend of Mortal Kombat 10, 11 characters looking awesome and having pretty unique and uh, and like kind of like personalized experiences. So. Um, through and through just a really good week another really good week i should say for nrs with these reveals people are getting a hype as ever i think the beta just went live for those that have pre-ordered the game so things are really looking good for mortal kombat 11 at the moment right uh next up here i wanted to get into people getting very excited about street fighter 5 um because of of punks basically hit confirms in final round right and people are like oh wow you know you can hit confirm off of a single hit and all this kind of stuff and i'm I'm sitting back here and dream king and i've been talking about this a lot and and, you know you're seeing more whiff punishing and footsies and all that and i'm like guys this was all here before this was here in season one and i get it it's easier to do now like you know you're seeing it much more prevalent right in in some of the stuff like you know v triggers or they scale more uh some of the dumb stuff has been you know cut out of the game like abigail thank goodness um but um this was all here before and and i'm it's like blowing my mind why people have not explored this before properly uh and, and just kind of appreciated the game for what it is and it goes back to me uh on a statement you made on a previous pod which was this game has no charisma. It has no goodwill going for it at all. And we've got very little charisma. Very little. Say. Yeah. Very little would be much more fair. Right. And so when people see something like that, they see something like, you know, phenomenal footsie play or more traditional street fighter stuff that we're used to. It kind of blows their mind because they haven't went out there and explored it for themselves. And and that's kind of like where I'm going at with this is like, dude, Go out there, not not you. You know, uh, all the people that that hate the game so much. Have you really given it a good chance? And again, I get it. I get why you hated the game, or still hate the game for that matter. The, the launch was was terrible. The messaging around the game has been pretty bad for about half of the game's lifespan. Right? Um, there's been a lot of problems with this title. Um, but what is here and right now in front of us is really good. And, and as much as people are having epiphanies and you know their minds are are blown about like all the stuff going on, it's like. Guys, this has been here since season one. 
it's easier to do, but this has been here from the get-go. Like, why why did it take you so long to notice this? Well, yeah, so there's been a lot of negativity surrounding Street Fighter V, and as we talked about at length last week, with our expectations and the communication that Capcom has not really, excuse me, has not really had. Um, and, and it's sad that that kind of overshadows, I think, in a lot of ways, the fact that the game is in a really good place right now um, as far as, like, what people want out of the competitive and gameplay side of things. And Punk's run, I mean, he wasn't the only one to have something cool and, and showcase really awesome gameplay. There was also the storyline with Johnny and Momochi mm-hmm. and the master versus the student. Mm-hmm. I think we're in for a really good year of Street Fighter V action. It's almost like we finally got the game to a place where we want it, but now, tragically, for other reasons, we might not be as inclined to want to watch it because we're not getting announcements and and i that's its own problem and i do fault capcom for essentially giving us these expectations and then not following through right but i think it's also up to us to focus on these things that are that that do give the game charisma and that are exciting to watch and we can appreciate the fact that man like go into training mode and play this game where you pick karen or whomever like whatever character you want but karen's a really good um, example to do this with and just set the dummy to to randomly block and see if you can't get single hit hit confirms into Tenko into a combo. It's a very difficult thing to do just sitting there in training mode against the dummy and then you see someone like Punk doing this against a player like Momochi in Grand Finals mm-hmm. in front of 50,000 people watching and however many people were there and with all this money and pride and Capcom Pro, Pro Tour points on the line it was an amazing feat and you go man this game at at this point offers me uh, offers the community this uh, chance to have someone pull this off and we can like like in a sense appreciate or or even worship is maybe a little bit hard of a term but i think that's what we like to do with our favorite athletes and our favorite um, you know, sports entertainers go, man, LeBron James can jump through the air a lot better than I can. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, so-and-so can run so much faster. And Punk has such godlike hit confirms that I can take a knee to that and go, that's awesome. And that's a display of ability uh, that I can't do and so I can appreciate, or that, that I can appreciate how damn hard it is to do it this damn consistently. So and hold Street on, Fighter Five is offering us that. Yeah, I want, I want to jump in and say that. Now, Punk has been doing that since season one with Karen and and maybe he's doing it more consistently now he probably is it's easier to do right to get that hit confirmed without the input delay in there but he's been doing that from the get-go um we've seen that and and so why now is it such a big thing and and that's what I don't get And, and I, there are reasons I can explain here. Um, and Capcom eliminated a lot of goodwill about the game. And, and that's like a problem. And I think people are finally going, okay, well, you know, the input delay is not there. We've got a story mode. We've got arcade mode. Like maybe now I can give the game a chance. And I think that's one of the reasons how come we're seeing it. Um, and, and so that falls on Capcom, right? But I also think that some of this falls on the players for just crapping on the game pretty much since it came out and, and saying, like, look, this game is garbage. There's nothing to it. It's I mastered it in 20 minutes. Uh, it's all offense, blah, blah, blah. All that kind of stuff we, we've heard through the years. And it's like, look, like, some of the points you're making there, and, and again, I, I can't deny them and say, oh, yeah, like, you're totally outpaced. No, the game has too much offense in it compared to the defense for a Street Fighter title. That's something we've been over, and I agree with 120%. Footsies were too dialed back with, like, the launch cast. Too many characters were rushed down grappler types, and that really hurt the footsies of the game, which is a change now with the DLC characters that have come in. You're seeing a much better balance and parity with, the you know, the characters on the roster. Um, so all that stuff is there, but it's just, I don't know, it's just people are so jaded in the fighting game community 
about this title. And, and as we've talked about before, like you'll post a comment about it or a story about it that's positive. And the amount of people that jump in there to post a dislike or um, um, uh, some kind of negative thought about the game will get like, you know, upvoted like up the wazoo, right? Uh, and, and it's almost become kind of a, uh, a movement to hate on the game and, and to get, you know, likes on Twitter or, you know, get your comment upvoted on event hubs if you're crapping on the title, basically. And again, just with that, it's like, you're missing out. Like, I get why you're doing that stuff and I get why you're crapping on the game, but you're missing out on an actual really good experience. And again, I've made it very clear how I feel about the game. This is my favorite game in the entire series. I love this game. I think it's very, very, really highly underrated and underappreciated for what it is. Yeah, and that's uh, a trap that you see people, just human beings in general, fall into is just not having enough sophistication in their approach to separate, I don't like this because of specific reasons and examples that you can back up with proof versus I don't like this because I've decided I don't like Street Fighter V as a whole. So now every time I see anything about it, I'm immediately going to have this inclination to filter it through the fact that I don't like it already. So now what are we talking about? You know, mm-hmm. um, you see that in politics. You see that with iPhone versus Android. You saw it with Nintendo versus PlayStation, Xbox versus PlayStation, all this stuff. It's like people like to have their biases in these things. And, and, and that's just unfortunate. But I think that um, to, to the topic that you were talking about with Punk having done this before, uh, we appreciated him when he did it before. Absolutely. We were wowed. I remember, I think it was NCR two years ago where, where he just ran through every amazing you know player that was out at the time and made it seem like it was nothing. Um, like reset Haitani in grand finals and then took him right out at the peak of his performance. And we're like, when is that punk coming back? And it's like, well, when he stops playing Cami, and then I think that's how where we're at now. <laughs> but yes, that there is something to be said there with why didn't we appreciate it quite like we're appreciating it now? Because now we saw what punk did and, and there were, I think he had like 23 single hit confirms in that match with uh, Momochi in grand finals. Uh, and, and so there was a reset there, but uh, his, his stats were just out of this world with, with what he was doing there. And uh, first of all, I think it was cool because it didn't, it made Street Fighter V very much not seem like a random factor kind of game. Mm-hmm. It was, Punk was trying to score these hits. When he did, he was capitalizing. And when he didn't, he wasn't doing anything. And that was a very cool display of skill, which was what I was kind of getting at earlier. And that's why we had this appreciation. Now, why didn't we like it the same way when he did it before? Um, or like to quite the same degree where you have people going online. And like, I remember it was like Luffy and Veggie both went online to show that they were practicing that same thing. It's like, Punk has inspired me to do hit confirm. So now I'm doing that. And sure enough, the only Street Fighter that I've, Street Fighter Five that I've played since a final round was me just taking Karen not intending to play the character but to practice my single hit confirms because I feel like that can make me better at fighting games in general mm-hmm. and and it's been like that's just me you know uh, uh, doing my push-ups and laps in the backyard training but it has been much more inspirational maybe the reason for that is because we do have significantly less in the way of input lag now so more people feel like it's realistic maybe before when we saw punk doing this um, it could have been that we didn't have a, a, as much of a grasp on what the game is, and so we didn't appreciate it as much. I'm not sure. I don't have the exact answer to that. But the fact of the matter is, it was particularly inspiring. Mm-hmm. It did indicate that, man, we have a game that's very watchable right now. 
it, like Street Fighter Five is in the place that it kind of needed to be as far as being a, an, an entertaining esport game. And it would be tragic if we all like didn't watch it because we're we're still judging it uh, for what it used to be and what it isn't now. I just want to jump in. We're judging it maybe for what we thought it is instead of what it actually is. Well, it's gone through so many changes. Like it was a different game when it had input lag like it did, and it doesn't have anymore. I mean, okay, so so let me back up there and say I I get what you're saying. It's true, but not accurate. Um, be, and I'll say it because has the game fundamentally and dramatically changed from what it was in season one? Uh, well, I I would argument my experience. Are. Really? Like, okay. I right. mean, look at all like the problem, some of the major problems that it's had with like the robbery characters of season two, where Balrog was just playing to get V trigger and that's and then it's over. Like, you can kind of cite some instances where V triggers are maybe a little bit too much the deciding factor in a round still, yeah. but it certainly isn't that anymore. And it certainly feels like maybe this is getting to why we're appreciating punk more it feels like the game is more legitimate and we pick up on that even if it's just subconsciously so now that the game is even more legitimate to win is more legitimate and so we can appreciate these things even more than we could before no that's just a no i agree actually I, reaction I, I, but, no yeah. i definitely think the game is more legitimate but you're saying the game is so dramatically different and, and different to me, I guess, and we're getting hung up on a definition here would be, you know, the game plays more like Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 3. It's like, no, it's still Street Fighter 5 to me. Like, this is still the same game we've we've had, just stuff is polished up again. You know, it feels a little more tight. You know, it's a, it's, it's better. It's, it's again, it's like playing yeah, Street Fighter 3, the original, the new generation, or, you know, Street Fighter 4, vanilla, or the arcade release, and all the problems that that had. It had unblockables. Uh, you could throw a fireball, do an ultra, and do an unblockable on people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, that's in, you know the vanilla uh, release of the game and all that kind of stuff like and that's kind of what I'm going at is like the the core game hasn't changed dramatically but the 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 bells and whistles are tighter or uh, yeah whatever it's 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 a tighter experience is, is what I'm getting at but but still the same thing well and and I think a lot of people did when they critiqued Street Fighter 5 from the beginning they did it from a position where they were saying uh, without saying I want Street Fighter 4 back right. or I want Street Fighter 3 back um, and I think that that would have been wrong then and it's wrong now to do. It's not that you want, you shouldn't be wanting a different game, but you should be wanting Street Fighter V to be a balanced and, and pleasant experience under the rules and in the world of Street Fighter V as it exists. And I think that we've gone, like, we're still in the Street Fighter V world. And I think that's what you're getting at. It's like, it's still it's still Street Fighter V. It's still, there's still crush counters. It's still like the, the, the you know, the, the pacing of the game is more or less the same. Uh, the priority system is still there. Backdashes are still crush counterable and not invincible. You know, it, it, and, and the characters are all, you know, the same characters and whatnot. But on some pretty fundamental levels that was making Street Fighter V not enjoyable in the world of Street Fighter V it's been fixed, mm-hmm. and I think that that makes it more of, a, of an easily digestible and appreciated and valid title in general. And so now to see someone like Punk or Momochi or Johnny do these things, there's more weight to it, and it's more exciting. All right. So uh, for people listening at home here, I want to give them something they could take home. They're like, okay, I hate the game. It sucks. Why are you guys talking about this? One of the things I will strongly encourage pretty much everyone out there is a lot of stuff is hidden in plain sight. Um, and... Uh, 
the stuff like uh, V Trigger Twos, like I'll, I'll go to Birdie, right? Um, the the Birdie Chain thing that was there, you know, last season it, it went down to a two bar V Trigger. I get that, but that was sitting there the entire time. Uh, people called it a shenanigan, worthless, all that kind of stuff. It was still really good. It just became like probably his best V Trigger once they knocked it down to two bars for that reason, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, hidden in plain sight. I can't tell you how many times people will go to our website and they're like. Event hubs has event listings. What? And it's like, yeah, it's right there in our main navigation. It's on every page on desktop. Like, there's event listings right there. Uh, and they're like, oh my god, I can't believe it. It's like, yeah, it's right in front of your face. Like, go there and try it out. And that's one of the big messages I have for people with Street Fighter Five. Is like, hey, if you hate the experience of playing a Nikali, uh, an Abigail, an M Bison, or whatever, you probably have a character that's not very deep. And, and that is a problem that I've had pretty much with a lot of the launch cast, not so much the DLC characters. I think, again, Capcom did a good job there. But if you feel like you have a very shallow experience, go try some other characters. There's some very deep and very technical characters in this game. And again, it goes back to another discussion about well, Street Fighter V technical, haha, you know, it's not blah, blah, blah. No, there, there are very technical characters and difficult to play characters in this game. Uh, I was watching 801 Strider and Smug drop combos with G uh, that uh, Dream King actually will hit very consistently. And I'm like, are those combos hard? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, I, you make them look so easy. I just kind of assume that, you know, it, it, anyway, um, point being, there's a lot here to explore in the game that has remained unexplored uh, because people don't like the game for whatever reason. Um, but if you give it another chance, if you go back there and try to see what's lurking beneath the surface and you can get over the warts that are out there, look, it's got problems. It's got plenty of them. Um, but there is still a very good game lurking uh, there waiting for you to play it. I, I agree. And so that's why I say it would be a tragedy if we all just kind of turned it off now that it's finally where we really do want it to be in so many ways. Uh, but I think that also just comes down to not expecting um, reveals and announcements and such. Like, I'm fine with whenever they come out, they'll come out. For me, they're going to be surprises. They're not going to be something that I'm expecting because I'm just turning off my expectations. If I'm going to play the game, I'm going to play what's in front of me right now, and, and that's it. So now that we've hyped up the game, let's go ahead and crap on it now. And say, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and let's say uh, the events that we're most likely going to see new things at for Street Fighter V. And there's not many. Um, you know, we, we had the quote from Matt Edwards, uh, community manager at Capcom UK. Uh, does a very nice job out there. Uh, goes on the winner, stays on stream, and, you know, talks about different things they're working on. Um, I pretty much think that we're looking at the summertime right now. Um he said we're going to have breadcrumbs, we're going to have something else coming up there that basically indicates that a hint is on, or we'll have hints and then an announcement is on the way. Uh, we're not getting anything here in front of NCR, so I don't think anything is going to happen there. Uh, my guess would have been, and our guess was actually final round, uh, where we were going to see something. Um, and now that that's all kind of passed, it's like, look, there's only a few, like, handful of major, major, major events that I think things are going to happen at. Um, that would be my guess. Capcom's not saving it for a random, you know, ranked event in Zimbabwe or wherever. You know, they're, they're actually going to wait for a huge event to happen. Uh, so the, the quick rundown would be E3. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con, Evo. Uh, those three events are all the summertime. It's June, July, August. And... I think those are kind of like the most likely candidates um, at the, you know, probably not so much Comic-Con, but E3 or Evo. What about Combo Breaker or um, CEO? I mean, again, it's why announce it there when you can announce it at Evo. And I love both of those events. I think Jabaley and um, uh, uh, the Combo Breaker team does a great job with their their events. Those are really... Yeah, with Rick. Yeah, with Rick. There you go. Uh, the the Hatto. Um, he does a, a brilliant job with the, with the tournament, but... Evo has, you know, 100,000 people watching 
Like you can't beat that, right? And and E three has you know hundreds of thousand people watching, if not millions, right? Uh, are, are you thinking that there's just going to be one big announcement for the rest of the year? Right now, I mean, that would be the most likely bet, right? Uh, uh, I what else do they have to you know put out there? They're they're clearly not doing it in a you know methodical release, right? Where we're getting a few characters or one character every couple months or something. Uh, I mean, you can't really do that anymore if you wait all the way till the summertime. Uh, you know, we're almost in April here. Um, you don't have a big window to start slowly rolling out characters if you're going to do that. Um, and especially if you're going to have the kind of the timelines that we've experienced in the past, which is, you know, you don't wait till December to release a character, uh, at, at least, you know, the beginning part of December, like the end of one, you will like after Capcom cup or during, but whatever. Um, anyway, uh, and then a couple other events here are, uh, the Japan super premiere, the Tokyo at the Tokyo game show that would be in September, uh, the North American regional finals, uh, again in November and then Capcom cup, which is like, Every year we get something at Capcom Cup, and at that you know event we might see a Marvel Four or a Street Fighter Six or something more. Uh, I would be very shocked if we didn't get something at Capcom Cup. Um, and w- then we know you know uh, that Capcom has put out wording at least that they do have some kind of update and plan for November. We just don't know what the heck that is. Um, maybe it's another you know stage or whatever uh, costume, something like that. Yeah, I, I would imagine we'll probably get a character at like Combo Breaker or CEO. I'm I'm sure we'll probably get something at Evo too. Uh, but again, if they don't, that's fine by me. I'm going to just focus on if I'm going to play the game, I'm going to play what's in front of me. And um, but but I would imagine like we got Cody last year at Combo Breaker. Uh, obviously, the dual reveal it was almost always something at Evo. Uh, I don't I don't remember the last time there wasn't some kind of a reveal at Evo. Um, so sure, I'm sure that that announcements are on route and and we'll be happy to get them whenever they come yeah. and and that's just going to kind of be my attitude and i think that's the attitude that we need in order to move forward um, with any kind of sanity right at this point so it's like it's fine it's just, <laughs> well i mean you say that but you know it's hard to imagine us going like all the way to evo without an announcement right like sometimes oh, i don't honest. i don't imagine that'll be what happens no but it was um, also really hard for us to imagine going past final round without an announcement either <laughs> yeah and yeah. both you and i said like people are already on the edge of not liking the game and if, if this happens like it's just there's all hell is going to break loose right is what we said i think and it was it was mind-blowing that we're going into you know friday saturday of final round it's like it doesn't look like there's going to be an announcement at all you know the, the social media icons haven't changed uh, there's no hints from the team there's it's just things were dry and and lo and behold like we got nothing and, and it blew everyone's mind at some point on staff you know it's it, we were just wow you know just when it hit us was, was the only difference there and, and so I'm looking at this and going, man, I don't, I don't know if we can predict much of anything beyond these are the most likely dates something is going to happen at. Like, I would not even be at this point in time totally shocked if nothing happened at Evo. I think it's the most likely thing right now uh, on the docket, uh, Evo or E3. But at the same time, if nothing happens and they save it for, you know, November or whatever, I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I I, I I just to me nothing is off the do table. Do you think the hole? Do you think the hole gets dug deeper if they do that, or do you think it's it's like as far as people being upset or, or, you know, having expectations not met, we're at rock bottom now. And it's like, yeah, well, sure. That makes sense. I, for me, I'm already at rock bottom and I've been there for, you know, since final round basically. And I, uh, <laughs> what's lower than rock bottom, you know, if someone hands me a shovel or jackhammer or whatever, right. The classic joke. Uh, I mean, I guess you can always go lower, but I think expectations right now are so low kind of across the board for the game. Uh, it's just in a very disappointing state and it's so unfortunate. Um, Hmm. I will mention that, uh, 
there's definitely people at Capcom who are not happy about the this approach here. And I don't know whose call it was to make to do this, um, but I, there was definitely some people in the room that were not okay with this approach. I can say that. So, Sure, makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that I have <laughs> much more in the way of like, yeah, well, d- guys don't expect because <laughs> that way we can't get our hearts broken. Let's just wall off and appreciate punks one hit confirms. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's kind of what it is at this point. Uh, I, I I did write the article. I did want to talk about it a little bit of, of what, oh, you know, sure. what's going on here, uh, but also kind of set expectations for people. Yeah, like don't get your hopes up anytime soon uh, and be thankful for what you get. Uh, it's man. Is that ever dumb messaging? But it's what we have. So. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap us up for this part of the Event Hubs podcast, but we're going to be back. John, you are interviewing someone in the very near future, and that's going to go up when? I believe on Sunday is what we're aiming for. And who are you interviewing? Monsieur Brian F., the guy that uh, got top eight at final round because of his luck, uh, (laughs) as he puts it. And uh, he's been been carrying the torch for uh, uh, Balrog players now and and up-and-comer, and and he's a real likable guy. And so, yeah, we're going to chat with him and see what he thinks about Street Fighter V and see what uh, what he thinks about the, the upcoming reveals and all that kind of stuff and where he feels the game is at and how he's enjoying things as a competitor, all that good stuff. So look forward to yeah, that. And then we have on the NorCal Regionals this weekend. I'll be covering it all weekend. Uh, very happy to do so. It's a, it's a slog, you know, usually 10, 12-hour days, up to sometimes to like 16-hour days to get through it. Uh, Nicholas Majin hand is in uh, Japan right now, so he's he's not on hand to do his normal tournament coverage, so I'm stepping in. But I'm, again, looking forward to it. It's a huge reason why I do the job. It's you get to watch fighting game tournaments. Um, you know, you got five streams going at once, so maybe not as much as you'd like to, but you're still getting paid to watch fighting game tournaments. That's awesome. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, it's still it's special, even even they'll run like random you know games on stream and whatever um, uh, that you don't have a heavy interest in. But seeing people compete at fighting games, I don't know, just, it brings like a lot of joy to me, especially with the the origins of like where we started with like arcades and I, I we never envisioned a future where you know these these competitions would be live streamed all over the place and we be paying you know for for half a million dollars and all that kind of stuff and and dlc character just so much great stuff going on and a fighting game tournament like it it brings back that magic it brings back that that love and and just enthusiasm i have for these games pretty much every time and then it, like after you know 30 hours of covering the tournament you're like i i want to die but after <laughs> while you're going through it it's it's really awesome and i enjoy the experience up until about hour 30 but yeah so do you think Rose is going to get announced after the tournament's oh over? God, <laughs> we've been over this, John. <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up. I have a Rose uh, joystick top. I have a Rose mug uh, that you guys got me. Thank you. Um, and I've got like Rose stuff all over. Like I, I want to get a Rose doll. I've been wanting to get that for like the longest time and find like a really good quality one that I could like stick over on my desk or something. Um, and I love the character with like so much passion. And uh, she's not coming for a long time. So, yeah. Oh, get your expectations up. It'll be fine. (laughs) Nothing possibly could go wrong there, right? All right. That's going to wrap us up. And we will talk to you guys all soon. See you guys later.